I think a bit bigger. Don't think about making one app, but think about transforming a thousand processes within your company. So if you're a manager, you have to think about the whole company. If you're a single user, business user, then maybe think about what you're working with. But think about transforming processes rather than making apps. Welcome to Avnad's new podcast series. Thank you for stopping by. My name is Matsudendel Nielten. I'm working as a full-stack developer and consultant for Avnad. Today we have Ted Törosen and Adomas Galdikas here to give you an introduction to Microsoft Power Platform. One thing that stood out for me from this talk was how these tools can be used in cooperation between IT professionals and other roles. Please give a short introduction of yourself, Adomas. Hello, so my name is Adomas Galdikas. I work in Avanat uh, Norway as uh, Dynamics 365 and Power Platform Solution Architect. Uh, my passion at work was always uh, in finding ways how to help a business uh, uh, with IT solutions. So uh, bridge uh, these two worlds, uh, business uh, and IT together to create the uh, most value for the organization. So I'm really excited uh, about the topic we are going to discuss today. Very good. And a short introduction of yourself, Ted. Hello, I'm Ted Törosen. I work as a technical specialist at Microsoft. That is pretty much a pre-sales role. So we help customers decide on using our products or not and help them solve technical problems, show capabilities of the products and how to solve business problems, especially with this type of product. It's a path to solving business problems and a solution to processes internally. So that's mainly what I do. It sounds like we have the two correct people here to talk about Power Platform and Power Apps. And hopefully you can teach me some uh, something about what types of uh, applications there is on the Microsoft platform and what um, low code is. And maybe also have heard of a term called uh, citizen developer. But first, let's start on uh, what is Power Platform, Ted? Power Platform is... Uh, product family of tools that anybody can use to create applications or automate processes. It's intended for non-developers from the start. It means that uh, what you mentioned, citizen developers, people that are interested but don't have the pro development skills, they can actually do things. So they can make line of business applications inside of their company. And uh, part of this comes as a part of Office 365. So there's a mass uh, rollout of this. Many companies has these tools already. And then if you want to, you can buy a premium version where you get even more uh, opportunities to do more pro development or uh, longer reach into other services. So the things you get in this is uh, the opportunity to make chatbots if you want. You can do Power BI where you can get insight to data. You have Power Apps that we will dig into later, but we can make applications that is cross-platform. Cross 
and uh, we have CDS that is uh, storage technology with a lot of other things on top and you have uh, power automate that's a automate automated tool that you can automate different processes like robotic process automation so it's a it's quite a wide package of different but everything is made to be low code so everybody can use it yeah, that was very well explained and as uh, power platform is uh, a leading uh, no code low code uh, platform currently in the market so i'm really grateful that uh, at this point of time i'm able to work with this uh, uh, great technology and uh, when i look uh, in uh, microsoft vision that uh, uh, Microsoft sees uh, all the tools they build uh, um, as a platform, so they integrate everything in the platform. And that I think it's very important. And also, all this area is very uh, growing area. Uh, so uh, Microsoft invests a lot of uh, focus uh, and also investment into these uh, services and products. So it's a really exciting. Uh, moment of time to be a part of it uh, but i guess we need to explain now what is uh, no code uh, low code uh, platform is uh, as we mentioned already a few times so uh, a low code uh, development platform is basically a software that provides you uh, a development environment to create uh, other applications uh, through a graphical user interface, so basically uh, drag and drop uh, and configuration instead of uh, writing the programming uh, code. And what is fascinating, it uh, democratizes the application development. Uh, previously only IT could do that, but now the wide range of people can uh, contribute or even develop the apps uh, themselves. And uh, this uh, business perspective, it's uh, uh, very exciting for the, uh, because uh, uh, citizen developers or the people that work in an organization and doing actual works, they can now solve their maybe uh, small uh, processes uh, they are involved uh, daily in. Uh, just as an uh, example, um, uh, now uh, people use tools they have, for example, Excel. So they build some uh, tables or forms, uh, some formulas, um, and maybe they want to collect data from other people. So then send uh, copies of Excel file to other people, uh, which they fill in with information. They get all these files back. Uh, they uh, collect the data to, do, to get some insights or do reporting. Uh, so it's uh, quite a bit of uh, uh, manual work and our platform or low-code uh, platform could be a, a better solution to, uh, to address uh, in this case. So uh, and such uh, platforms enable uh, accelerated uh, delivery of business applications so you get uh, uh, custom not out of the box applications and cheaper faster and more uh, and more of those applications i just want to touch on one point you mentioned and uh, that was the integration part 
Uh, I think that's very important because when you start using these tools, it actually has an idea of who the user is. So if you want to extend functionality on Teams, for example, where you want to send a message into a channel, then it actually knows who you are and what access you have, what teams do you have access to, what channels do you have access to. So when you actually build this process, it will actually list the teams and the channels for you. So you will never get options that you don't have access to in that setting. So that makes it very easy for the user to use these tools because you have all the context already. Uh, when it comes to integration, I also want to mention that while it's part of Office, you can also use third-party uh, programs and tools, data sources that you can connect to. So you can use connectors and you can pull data from pretty much anything uh, like SAP. I know you guys have been working on an SAP project where you can modernize older apps and make simpler uh, user interfaces. So this is a very good way of making old tools look new, fresh and easier to use. Hmm. Also, it's possible to lift uh, legacy applications. So if you have on-premise data, you have a server in your back room, it's also possible to connect to that via a data gateway so you can get modern apps on your mobile phone and get secure access to that data. So as for who's supposed to be using this, um, we mentioned the citizen developers, and that is pretty much the business people in your organization. This is the people doing the work. And then you have the IT department pretty much separate. So these are not IT people, they are not developers, but they need to solve a problem and then they pick up these tools that they get from IT and is part of the organization's toolkit and then they can start solving their problems. If it's automating something, uh, if you use Power Automate, that is this automation tool, then you can actually do a recording of yourself doing something and then you can play that back. So that's an easy way of doing a process. And uh, you can also, like I said, with the Power Apps. But the thing we see is that we had a lot of users that used Excel for pretty much anything. They made very advanced things on top of Excel using these formulas. And this is, I think, in large degree, the low-code part, where you actually, you write something, it's a formula-based type of thing. So it's, pretty much like what you would recognize from Excel. And we see a lot of people has adopted that and is very good at that. So we know it has a wide reach. So this is what we've been thinking. And Adomas summed up very well the no-code part here, I think. Um, so the citizen developers are the non-IT people in your organization. They don't have a developer background, but they solve problems and then often these tools get shared with the rest of the organization and become a part of the business processes you have. And one common thing we see is taking paper processes and making applications that gather these data because then you can also get better insight to data with mm. things like Power BI. So I think that's uh, pretty much what the citizen developer is. It's a non 
pro developer that don't have any background in this, but use some time to solve problems. Hmm. So in every organization, there are most of the people that are more pro developers. So will they be suddenly a citizen developer of all of them? What the pro developers will they turn into citizen developers? Was that no, question? It's, it's, uh, the, all other peoples will suddenly become a citizen. I, I think it's possible for everybody to do this. Um, Microsoft has this thing about we want to empower everybody. That's our motto, and this is one of the ways we are doing that to make it possible for everybody to do it. But of course, like anything else, uh, you need to put some sort of effort into it to do it. Some things are very, very easy, so you can do it with no effort. But if you start to do many things, sometimes you will hit obstacles that you need to work a little with to solve. But uh, I think this is pretty much for anybody. Uh, totally agree. It's for anybody, uh, but we shouldn't assume that now, from day one, everyone will become citizen developers. It uh, requires some interest in technology. So no one, not everyone is writing advanced uh, Excel formulas. Not everyone needs. But I think in every organization, the uh, citizen developers will emerge uh, when they will be presented, presented with this new opportunity. And it's also a new role in organization and leaders need to understand and acknowledge that. Um, uh, so all these people that, as you mentioned, write these uh, more advanced Excel formulas or they use, uh, I don't know, they create uh, email routing rules in Outlook. So they use every tool they have in their possession to automate their uh, productivity, be more productive. They are great candidates becoming citizen uh, developers. And uh, for most of individuals, citizen development will be just uh, a part uh, of their uh, main role, just additional part just to be more productive or make your team more productive. But as we can see in some uh, companies that are already uh, using the Power Platform, we see that there are people that actually are transitioning to full-time being citizen developers and uh, even they can transition to IT department, even though they are not going to write a professional code. So that's... Um... We see that as well, that uh, some companies that has really embraced this, it's because you have some people that started exploring this and then they managed to show the value to the management in the company and then it got embraced. So uh, they wanted to put more uh, effort into it, spend some money on training and let people do this. And then we have some people that are quite well known that has transitioned from different types of roles, non-IT roles into what we call makers. And that's the people that makes the power apps. Uh, so this is a very nice thing. Uh, one of the things that makes this interesting for the company is the cost and the time related to it. Because if you do a traditional 
development project. It usually takes a lot of time. It costs a lot of money. And a lot of the small processes, you never consider for doing that. Uh, and that's pretty much why the users start trying to solve the problems themselves. Because if they come with their small problem to IT, IT will say, well, we don't have time to this because we're doing this and that. And of course, they have very uh, vast projects that they need to handle. Uh, so they don't have time for the smaller things or they don't see the benefit from it because that can be hard as well. Hmm. So I think this is uh, a big advantage for a lot of companies that want to be more effective. And one thing that is important there as well is when we talk about the business people doing this, these are the people at the front end. They're experiencing this work all the time so they know exactly what they need but if you have the IT people in then you need to transmit this knowledge and that's always a problem when you try to tell somebody else what you need and envision that so here you have the opportunity to actually do that yourself or you can do a collaboration with the pro developers I think we won't touch on that uh, as well. So. so yeah, let's talk more about uh, what these citizen developers can do with uh, Power Platform and more specifically with uh, Power Apps. So Power Apps is a part of uh, a Power Platform uh, together, as you mentioned, with Power Automate, uh, Power BI, and some other tools. And um, when I was thinking how to explain this in simple ways, so. For example, with Power BI, you create the dashboards, the visuals, reports, and with Power Automate, you create flows, workflows. Uh, but with Power Apps, you create Power Apps. So it can be a little bit confusing. <laughs> so uh, let's uh, sort things out. So the uh, term Power Apps uh, basically means uh, the well, the end result. So the actual app. Uh, uh, the citizen developers will uh, create uh, using the uh, tools in the Power Platform uh, that has uh, a different name. So these tools to create those apps uh, uh, is called uh, uh, Power uh, uh, Canvas Studio, Power Apps Maker Portal, uh, but uh, uh, Power Apps uh, are the and results what we are making here. And uh, when we're talking uh, about uh, power apps and apps, um, people may imagine apps as you can download uh, them from uh, app stores, so they are publicly available for the, the, the rest of the world. Uh, but in this context, power apps is uh, primarily is used uh, internally in the uh, company by uh, internal people. Um, uh, that's an uh, important uh, uh, note here. Um, a platform has capabilities also for external people, uh, but for uh, today we will we'll talk about power platforms uh, for internal use. And uh, when we create power apps, we can choose uh, uh, two types, uh, main uh, types. Uh, one type is called uh, canvas apps, and the second uh, it's called uh, model-driven apps. So model-driven apps uh, looks like uh, uh, Microsoft Dynamics uh, CRM or customer engagement, if you have worked with it, or if you have worked with any other CRM. Uh, 
it could uh, look uh, quite similar to that. Uh, actually, the uh, Dynamics uh, CRM or customer engagement uh, modules are now uh, model-driven apps. So they are first uh, party apps built by uh, Microsoft with their uh, own uh, licensing model. Uh, but let's take an example. For example, uh, customer service uh, uh, representative um, uh, would work uh, with a PC, maybe with a big uh, screen, so they would see the uh, customer information uh, on the form. They could uh, uh, create a new uh, case uh, for that uh, customer, so they can create some records uh, manage uh, customer data interaction with uh, customers. So it's um, uh, quite a heavy uh, work uh, with uh, data uh, in the application. It's more suitable uh, on PC on, on the bigger screen. And uh, um, underneath of model-driven apps, uh, we have uh, a data service uh, that comes with a power platform. It's called uh, Common Data Service. It's an enterprise uh, a scale data service that comes with a database, with uh, security, with audit uh, backups, uh, uh, and much more. Uh, so uh, model-driven apps uh, are heavy. Uh, and on the other hand, uh, uh, Canvas apps are light, they are mobile friendly, uh, and design is totally uh, customizable. Uh, they cover just a, a small process in the organization or the set of tasks. So usually you would have uh, multiple uh, Canvas apps in the organization, just uh, each app uh, covering a specific task, but it's extremely user-friendly from a user's perspective. And if we imagine a little bit uh, how Canvas app or making Canvas app could look like, we could uh, imagine just a PowerPoint. So what we get uh, in the beginning, we may get uh, just a blank application screen, which looks like a empty uh, PowerPoint slide. So what we can do, we can drag and drop different elements. Uh, we can uh, choose the font, the size, the colors. We can uh, place uh, elements where we want on the screen. Uh, we can rearrange them. Uh, pretty much like making a PowerPoint slide. And then we use, uh, as Ted mentioned, Excel-like uh, formulas and expression to, to add uh, uh, navigation to the app, also add, uh, 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 combine these uh, visual elements together and add uh, uh, business logic. Uh, how uh, Canvas apps are also different from um, uh, model-driven apps is that uh, Canvas app does not require this uh, uh, common data service uh, uh, and it can use multiple connectors to connect the, with the data that you have already today. Uh, it can connect to your Excel, it can connect to SharePoint list, it can connect to other applications, and you can uh, build 
application uh, fast with the data you have and publish it and it will be available immediately uh, for your users uh, on their mobile phones. I think I'll pick up on something you said because uh, you said that users are used to apps but these are not similar in that way because you don't publish them to App Store. It's more for internal use and that's correct. Uh, I think one of the good things there is that uh, you don't need to wait for an approval process of your applications because they are published through the Power App app. So the Power App is published through App Store and then your own apps get published through this app again. So you just log in and then you get all the apps you have access to because you can differentiate who has access to what. Uh, one other thing is that uh, we talked here about two different types of applications. We talked about model driven and we talked about Canvas. And uh, I don't think you mentioned it, but when you do model-driven apps, the reason why it's called model-driven is because you start with a data model. So what you do is you make a database, you have tables with relations, and then an application get generated on top of those data. So you actually get this application without doing too much, but you can just like he said earlier, you can configure things so then you have the option to make it look different. But it looks pretty much like a standard business application that you would know from like normal CRM systems or any very data heavy system that you use on your desktop. Now you can also, if you want to, you can embed Canvas apps into the model-driven app, so you can actually customize even more and you can pull third-party data sources in there as well if you need to compare something, for example. Uh, so I just want to mention that, that you actually start with the data model and this might be a bit harder for a citizen developer unless they're used to working with data and relations. So that's why Canvas Apps is a good starting point for the citizen developer. And uh, Canvas is like a blank canvas, so you can start painting on it. I think the analogy with Excel and PowerPoint is great. I think that's pretty much what we did when we created this, is use that as a starting point. Uh, so I thought that was a very good way of uh, talking about it. So I don't think I have anything to add here uh, regarding that. Um, so the so only the thing is, I mentioned that you have two different tiers of uh, Power Platform or Power Apps. And if you do model driven, that's premium tier. So you actually have to pay to get access to this data source. So that's a slight difference here. Uh, so Canvas Apps is included with Office, uh, so we can do things. That was uh, a lot, guys. So very good points, and it's uh, challenging to narrow down uh, such a broad area. But uh, nearing the end of the episode, can you give some uh, main takeaways from this episode? What uh, most important aspects when uh, getting introduced to uh, Power Apps and Power Platform? Yeah, so I think this collaboration between citizen development and pro development it's a totally new area and uh, as Ted mentioned it will be in the future maybe 10 times more citizen developers as uh, pro developers so it's a huge uh, 
opportunity for businesses to create a competitive advantage. Uh, so start a journey now with a low code platform, power platform, and choose Avanat as a partner. I think uh, two points. One is don't be afraid to start. And there's a good chance you have access to this already due to Office. And then the second one is think a bit bigger. Don't think about making one app, but think about transforming a thousand processes within your company. So if you're a manager, you have to think about the whole company. If you're a single user, business user, then maybe think about what you're working with. But think about transforming processes rather than making apps. So that would be my takeaway. That's great, guys. And I've especially learned a lot here from you today. So thank you very much for joining us in the studio. And thank you for thank all you for the having new knowledge. Me. Thank you. Again, thank you, Ted and Adamas, for joining us in the studio today. Be sure not to miss any new episodes. Subscribe to our podcast series on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts. That's it for now. Goodbye. This podcast is copyright of Avanard, the leading provider of innovative digital and cloud services, business solutions, and design-led experiences.